Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Story kid. Ah, there you are now. She's gas crack. She's some bure. I am a bound to pick with you. Relax the cocks. I will, yeah. Did a birth did I say? Cause you're one. Hi everybody, what's the crack? Welcome back to another episode of Tis Yourself. And this is me, Nicola Barrington, here with you. This is the second last episode of this season, season four of Tis Yourself. I have this episode and then one more to come next Saturday. Very excited for you to hear both of them, both of them. And I'm so, so grateful for all of you who have tuned in in season four and especially those who have been here since season one. But um, if you've just found us, thank you for you know, discovering us and us. I say us all the time. It's just me. I am the presenter and the editor and the promoter and every guest getter, all that kind of crack. Tell me. So I don't, I, every time I'm just like, oh yeah, we appreciate it. I'm like, who is we? Me and my dogs? What am I talking about? Anyway, thanks to everyone actually who listened to last week's episode with Dana. So it was a Eurovision episode. Eurovision's obviously big deal and thanks to everyone who tuned in and listened and hard luck to the Wild Ute boys who did not make it through for Ireland. Um, I spoke to Connor in season one of the podcast and he's such a lovely fellow. I have so much time for him. He's a really, really nice guy and we had a really good chat Um, and it was really good for them on when they didn't get through. So apologies to the boys and I hope they keep their chin up and keep going, keep doing what they're doing. Okay. So I have to tell you about my guest today. Okay. So the thing is, right, when I am looking for guests and stuff like that for the podcast, sometimes if they're Irish, there could be people I know and I text them or Instagram them or whatever like that. Other times um, they come to me and it's promotion. And most times it's me reaching out via agents and managers. Okay. So I will go to somebody's manager and be like, are they free in the next few weeks, et cetera, et cetera. So my guest today, I reached out to her because she's coming to Ireland. She's left a huge TV show in Home and Away. And she was in Ireland on holidays with her boyfriend. So, of course, I'm talking about Sophie Dillman, the beautiful, the stunning Sophie, who played Ziggy in Home and Away. So herself and her boyfriend, uh, Patrick O'Connor, who played Dean on the show, they left together and they went traveling around Europe and they came to Ireland and Scotland and different parts. And now they are living in London. So I reached out to Sophie's agent, but it was an Australian agent. I didn't even know if she was still managing her. So it was one of those things going, hopefully she can do it. And if not, if I don't hear from her, maybe I'll try Instagram. And then a few a week later, I got a message on the Tis Yourself podcast Instagram page. And it's from Sophie. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Saying that her agent had reached out to her and she'd love to do the podcast. And I was like, this is, I can tell you now, 
it's four seasons in, this is the first, that when I've reached out to an agent that the celebrity came back to me first. And I have to say, I absolutely loved it because not only did she reach out to me personally, she found the podcast herself on Instagram, followed it, messaged me. It was just iconic. I'm like... There shows that there's no ego involved. Sophie is just a lovely, lovely person. And I have to say it meant that it, like so much to me. And it might seem like a small thing to people who don't understand how hard it is to get guests. Any of the podcasters listening will know. Or, you know, if you work in TV or work in radio, you know how hard it is. And you have to go through so many people to get to the celebrity. So for Sophie to come directly to me and for us to have a chat and we'd never met before, I was so I was just blown away and she was just so lovely. So we got chatting and we arranged and God bless Sophie. Um, She, we were meant to do it on one day and her phone battery died as she was walking around London and she got lost. She's new to the city. So it was totally fine. I was like, you know, working from home. So it was actually grand, no problem for me. And I was like, I'll arrange it to a different day. And then the day we arranged, the next day we arranged for, she got an audition last minute. And of course I was like, that's no problem. Go and do that. Like, there's no rush here. We can do it whenever you're free. So I have to say Sophie is an absolute hero in my eyes because she made sure we got this interview done and she'd reached out to me. It was just, yeah, I can say I'm the biggest supporter of Sophie Tillman right now. I am number one in the fan club. So move over, Patty. You know, you're, yeah, you're her boyfriend and you support her, but I, I'm supporting her more right now. Okay. We had the loveliest time chatting. So we obviously talked about her travels at the time that she was traveling Ireland. I was in Australia and I was in Sydney. So it was really weird for me to be like watching her Instagrams, knowing she was in my, you know, my country and I was in hers. And it was really, really strange. And then we also talked about Home and Away, how she got into it. We talked about her career before Home and Away, which maybe you don't know about. Uh, We also talked about her relationship with Paddy and how that translates off screen, obviously, um, with Ziggy and Dean being together and then, you know, breaking up and then you're going together and that kind of stuff and all that stuff. And then we talked about endometriosis, which I love to shine a highlight on. There's so many people out there that suffer with it and people just don't understand it. So it was so nice to for this podcast to give a little bit of a look at what it is for other people. And then, of course, we talked about London and what the future holds. So listen, I've blabbed on for long enough. Let me leave you be. And here's my chat with Sophie. Hello. Hello. We've made it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good. How was your audition? Oh, yeah, it was good. It, uh, look, I haven't acted in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so dusting off the cobwebs is a bit weird, but it was it was good nonetheless. You know, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> You've been living your best life traveling around the place. It's true. It's true. I have been living my best life. And now my dog's here. Check him out. Winnie. Oh, you're so cute. He's the cutest thing on the planet. So, yeah, things are finally, like, falling into place, which is nice. Yeah, it must have been hard getting him over from Oz over to London. Was it, like, a big second track of things to do? Oh, yeah, it took months. It, like, took months of prep and um, and we were very nervous while he was on the plane, but they looked after him so well, actually. Mm. It's something like 15,000 cats and dogs that go through Heathrow each year. Oh my God. Isn't that amazing? And like when you go to pick him up, it looks like, you know, like a country vet. It's not like going like into an airport and customs and stuff like that. It is customs, but they're it's a lot friendlier. So it was it was good and it's so nice to have him here. 
Yeah, I must start to feel like you've actually settled a bit now that you've got the dog there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was kind of like, am I on a really weird holiday for a while? But now he's here. It, it definitely feels a lot more like home. I, I've loads I want to talk to you about, but your travels are fascinating to me because I took three months off work the start of the year and went traveling. And so I was in Australia when you were in Ireland. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Oh, yeah, what was so what was your decision about... um? What, what, why the decision to take three months off just needed a big break? Yeah. You know yourself. Yeah. Just after a while, things start to just be the same or you get a bit like... Yeah. The, the stupid things irritate you and you're like, I just need to get Yeah, out. absolutely. Like I can't absolutely. imagine making a decision like yours because it affects you and Paddy and it's like, hi, I'm thinking and you think... <laughs> yeah, 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 it, absolutely. I mean, that certainly was the case, but luckily we were both quite on the same page for that. Mm. Um, we both had such a long time at the show and did such incredible things. And we, we like, we couldn't have been luckier with what we got to do. So it felt right for when that storyline was being done and, and prepared that that could have been sort of our ending run. And we, we've, we both spent most of our twenties there mm. and, um, that sort of meant because you work so hard during the, those years that we didn't get to do a lot of travel or any of that stuff that you do when you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, we were sort of the responsible adults during that time. So we both just went, we want to do some travel and see the world and and uh, while we can and while we don't have too many dependents. I mean, Winnie is a dependent, but, like, yeah. you know, you can leave him at home on his own sometimes. So. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always someone happy to mind Winnie. It's a different story exactly. when you have like, a load of kids and you're, people are like, no. They're not necessarily cute, the kids, but Winnie's always going to be cute. <laughs> exactly. Very cute, Winnie. Very cute. <laughs> you guys notched up some serious countries, though. I remember looking and being like, you know, you'd see a proper post and I'd be like, okay, where are they now? Okay, five minutes ago, I thought they were in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we got we got really lucky. So we left Australia and spent four nights in Tokyo, which was amazing. Mm. Um, Patty's family does um, spends a lot of time in Japan. They ski there and snowboard there a lot. So, But I hadn't been. So it was amazing. The culture there is beautiful and the food and just it was it was such an incredible city i'm so glad we went and the history is incredible and everything in between so that was wonderful and then we flew into london but sort of just sort of dumped our bags and went straight to uh to scotland and we did um around the isle of sky and then we did fort william glasgow and edinburgh and then we flew over to ireland and did a road trip sort of from dublin to galway and then up to belfast and then we came back came back for a little while then went to italy skiing with a group of friends and then we just did a week in portugal Oh, it does, I suppose for you this must be really strange how many countries you can get to very like on a very short flight it is so strange. It feels bizarre for us. You know, like you could, in Australia, you can fly five hours in Australia and still be in the country. <laughs> so for us, we, you know, we flew to Portugal. It was two hours. It was, it's just, it is amazing. And a lot of people actually say that people in the UK don't actually take advantage of that very often, which I find shocking. But I suppose if you know that you're always going to have it, you probably don't think about it as much i guess 
Yeah, I feel like it's like when I went to Australia and I'd meet Aussies and I'd say I'd been to, you know, different places. They're like, oh, I've never been. Just like some, I'd meet Aussies who'd been in Ireland and they'd named so many places. And I was like, yeah, I've never been. And so yeah. you come back and you go, okay, I need to add some things to the home bucket list as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's so, it's been, it's been really, really wonderful. That is such a good way to end your time on the show because I imagine a lot of people who are in your your position there's a bit of panic of like leaving the show like that and going, oh my God, next job. And very easily you could jump into a job that maybe you didn't think about and not really get any time between. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, we sort of, we had the plan to move and to travel for a while, but the closer that we got to sort of, or at least for me, the closer I got to the end of the contract, I could tell that my creative juices weren't sparking as well. And I knew, like you said, you know, when you need it and my body just really, really needed the break. So I am glad that we chose to travel and, and explore because I don't think I would have been putting my best foot forward if I had jumped into another job. And I certainly don't want to put work out there that I'm not proud of or anything like that. So I'm glad that that's the way that, it's happened and now we sort of are feeling better and we're starting to think about doing some work and all that because we've had the rest and had the rejuvenation and remembered who we are as people and all all that sort of stuff (laughs) and who knows when you and patty will both have time off again you know like you settle into london you could get a job yours could be a six-month job he could get one that's a year and you're both on different tracks then Absolutely. It's so true. And, uh, and they could be in different locations. They, you know, absolutely. So we are really lucky to have this time together and to be able to do travel with your partner when you're just that little bit older. So you sort of know, like, you know, the last time I came to Europe, I was 19. I came with three of my best girlfriends and it was the best six weeks ever. But to be perfectly honest, I don't really remember a lot of it, you know, (laughs) but this time when you're a bit older and you sort of are appreciating the culture more and all that sort of stuff is really great to make those memories. Yeah. When you're going as a 19 year old, you're going and you're going clubs and you're, you're sleeping and you're going to the beach and you're getting on trains with like a hangover. (laughs) Yes. Or uh, what I did a, um, uh, contiguous tour. So, you know, you're on a bus and drinking and on a bus and drinking and you don't have any money. So you buy, you choose like food or sangria or, you know, you know, (laughs) so, but it was amazing. It was was such a great experience, but just not as culturally delicious, you know? Yeah. But when you're 19, (laughs) who cares about culture when you're 19? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're in our 30s and like, oh God, hmm, this was built in blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, when did I get into this? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. All of a sudden, I'm like subconsciously going, I want to go to that monastery in Lisbon. And then I go, I what? I want to what? But it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking up to see, um, just before we were chatting and stuff, I was looking up and it's I saw on your IMDb that Home Now was your first big job. And what a big one to get. Like, were you doing small bits before that? Or like, what, how did you get into acting? Um, yeah, it was my first big job. I was definitely chucked into the deep end. I had done a couple of things, you know, like a couple of short films and ads, you know, but nothing to this scale. Um, I, and before that I had 
been at acting school for three years. So you sort of get a taste of how rehearsals work and prep works and all that sort of stuff. Um, but there's nothing like the real thing. Uh, so it was, it was pretty crazy. I was watching this morning, actually, I was watching some of my earlier stuff just nostalgically. And I was like, Oh, she's such a baby. (laughs) I had no idea what was going to happen with my life. I I, honestly, for the first year, every day, I thought I was so terrible that they were going to fire me. Honestly, like I, I used to, at one point, the producer, if the producer wanted to talk to me, she would get her assistant to specifically write in the text message, you are not being fired or the email, you are not being fired. (laughs) So I didn't have a panic attack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, you poor thing if you're living every day thinking anytime anyone wants to speak to you in private you're like oh my honestly god. this is it that's all I, I, constantly and then I, I sort of got into acting I always wanted to act I acted in high school but a lot of my family are medical or there's there's there is creatives there but it's never been a chosen career path for anyone so it was a bit out of the ordinary for that to happen. So I did nursing first. I'm a nurse, registered nurse. And then I got into acting. So I was nursing while I was auditioning and then got home and away. And here we are six years later. <laughs> I could just like, imagine you like in, you know, the, the scrubs and, you know, you know, covered like cleaning blood or, you know, oh, yeah. action, and then you're, you're like looking at your phone, you're like, Bye, bitches. <laughs> I'm going to the glamour. <laughs> that's actually what happened. I got the phone call about getting this job while I was in, uh, I just finished a surgery and someone had thrown up on me waking up and I was changing my scrubs oh my and my agent had left me a message saying, hey, can you just give us a call back? And in my state, I was like, no, oh, of course, this is going to be me finding out I didn't get it and I'm covered in vomit and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and um, and I rang back and they were like, you got the job. And I screamed a very loud swear word and the doctor yelled at me from the surgery and I was like, I don't care, I'm leaving. <laughs> As you're like wiping the vomit. Off yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Ripping off the scrubs and wiping the vom off me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a way to bow out, I suppose. If you're like saying goodbye it's to that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and like, I imagine they didn't, tell, when you started playing Ziggy, they weren't expecting it to be this long or they didn't, they don't tell you, I imagine, oh, you'll be there for years because they never really know. Yeah, no. I mean, we, I suppose technically I came in with a family and we signed a three-year contract to start but you I certainly didn't expect that we were going to stay this long I thought I was going to be blessed to be able to stay the three years if I got to stay the three years so I got so goddamn lucky and I think I got I just got really really lucky with the character because she is such a cool chick she was really young when she came on the show so there was a lot of growth to see Mm. And there are a lot of avenues that you could take her down. So I certainly got very lucky with that. And I think Ziggy and Dean's pairing was really great. And, and the audience seemed to love that and watch their, their relationship grow and fall apart and come back together and everything in between. <laughs> and were you, when they got put uh, Ziggy and Dean together, were you and Paddy together at that time or was this beforehand when you're both like, I like no. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we went together. We went together oh. until our characters were together. So awfully convenient. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whisperer, you know? Ziggy should get one. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Ziggy has a lot of chemistry with Dean. Because <laughs> <laughs> you knew Paddy beforehand, though, didn't you? 
Yeah, we both went to the same acting school in Brisbane. Um, we were we're the same age, but he was the year above me in acting school, and um, and so we we were friends then. And then you sort of when you finish acting school, we moved cities, and so you lose contact. And then we sort of got back in contact when we both started working together. And there you go. I always thought he was very cute, though. Always, he was always very very handsome. Well, I had uh, Paddy on my radio show a couple of years ago and I remember at the time, I think you guys had only kind of gone public a few months, like with, yeah, like off the show. And I wasn't sure, like, because sometimes people are quite private and you don't really want to mm. push too much. I was like, so, you know, and yourself and Sophie. And he was like, oh, I was mad about her in acting school and she never had would even look at me. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to ask him about that. <laughs> I'll have to send you the link so you can listen. Yes, please. <laughs> he was like, oh, I fancied her. And, you know, she, you know, didn't even look in my direction. We were just friends. And then obviously he's went on the same show. So somewhere, somebody up there was like, right, yeah, you two need a helping hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because often when someone gets together in a show, um, like you had been with, oh, was it? No, not Mason. Brody. Brody. I was Mason's mm. brother. Yeah, I was like trying yeah. to. And often like when something like that happens and they break up, fans don't really like it. They kind of push mm. for people to get back together. So when Ziggy and Dean got together, it didn't seem like there was that backlash about her not being with, I know he cheated on her, but like the Brody story, but... You know, oftentimes, even if they're cheating or anything, the still fans are still like, oh, please get them back together. Totally. I know, actually. I mean, I think, but I also suppose the way that the trajectory of Ziggy and Brody happened meant that they that they had done all the things that the audience wanted to see. You know, we, they, they got together really quickly. They got married really quickly. Um, so even though they were a young couple, I, I feel like you always, everyone's always waiting to see, you know, you always want the moments before the kiss, not the kiss, you know, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Whereas they sort of had done all the things quite quickly. And, um, and so it wasn't as much of a blow, I think, to watch them separate. And also, um, Jackson had decided that he was going to move on after his three years. And, and so that, you know, there was a multitude of factors, but I think it made sense for Ziggy and Dean's energy to come together because Brody was sort of the old soul and Ziggy was the, 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 like the sparky flame, um, which worked really well as a duo. But I think that both the sparks of Ziggy and Dean made them such a likable couple. Yeah, and um, you probably had seen, probably people, fans could guess, like, before they got together, kind of like, you know, you can see was the small build-up and the bit of yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But it must have been strange for you as an actress when the people that you entered the show with, the other, the family, and when they all started to leave and when Jackson was leaving, people that you kind of, you you came into the show and immediately they're part of your storylines and then they all start to go their separate ways and leave the show. That's That can be, that must be really hard. It is, it is really hard. I, um, and, and I suppose I saw a lot of that happen being on there for so long. I, um, uh, so like Jackson left and I love Jackson. I, he actually, I messaged, uh, we were messaging this morning. He's such a wonderful person and he was sort of my first professional acting friend, you know, and he was so generous to me on set. He was so patient. He gave me all of his, 
you know, tips and tricks and what he's learned, what he'd learned being on the set. And he'd worked before, so he had a multitude of information. And same with Kessie and Rowan, working with them was just phenomenal. They are incredible people, incredible actors. And I was able to gain so much knowledge from them. Um, so it was, it was really lonely when, when they left. I cried so hard when Kessie and Rowan left in their last scene. Honestly, I was a mess. Um, I couldn't even talk at their farewell. I was crying so much. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, and then watching sort of your friends slowly go and all that sort of stuff is really hard, I, I suppose, um, but that, but that's the nature of the game. The the beauty and the the beauty and the pain part of being on a long-running soap is that that will always be a cyclical thing. Um Whereas if you're doing seasonal shows, everyone starts together, everyone finishes together and, you know, so, but then that's, that means that you're only working for three months or six months stints or whatever. So there's, there's pros and cons to both, but luckily I still keep in contact with everyone that were my friends and worked with. I actually, we had dinner with Rochelle Bano who played, um, why can't I remember her character's name? Because <laughs> you know her in real life as a friend. Yeah, she's Rochelle. Um, Patrick, yeah. what was Rochelle's character's name? Yeah. Olivia. Olivia. Scott and Olivia. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had dinner with her on the weekend. Uh, Jackson messaged me this morning. I talked to, to my par- my fake parents a lot. And then, and then we still, you know, we keep in regular contact with all of our mates that were our age as well that we spend a lot of time with, um, which is so lucky because they're just the coolest people. And you'll never, um, those sorts of friends who have been in the trenches with you like that, mm-hmm. you'll never, you'll never have the same relationship with anyone else because they worked, they've seen you at four o'clock in the morning crying. They've seen you at 12 o'clock at night. They've seen you in the depths of hell, you know, in the depths of freezing cold, boiling hot and everything in between. So they're really, really special relationships and, and really luckily home away gets to make or create those friendships. So yeah, I remember going to see um, Homeway being filmed up in Palm Beach one time. And I, I remember thinking, God bless them. It was absolutely lashing, lashing rain. I was standing under a tree, and like, <laughs> little Irish girl, me and my mates. And we're like, oh, my God, there's the Braxtons or whoever. Yay. And I was like, they have to run around topless and pretend that it, as soon as there was it's a little warm. break in the rain and pretend that it's scorching. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I know the days when it is scorching, it's probably, well, probably equally as annoying because you're like, it is too hot. hot. And you can't like, like sweat is not sexy and I you can't help having a sweat moustache and all that sort of stuff. But like equally on the other way, blue lips aren't sexy or, you know, like if it's so windy that your eyes are watering and you're not meant to be crying, all that sort of stuff. But it's all part of it. Like I would, I would assume, I mean, I, I don't actually know cause I've, haven't been on another set, but I would assume that, you know, all that sort of outside work is the same. You have to battle the elements. You don't have time, you know, you're not production companies aren't made of money and they can't just wait until they have the perfect situation. So that's part of it. And that's what makes it feel like such a great accomplishment at the end of the day, you know, when you get through it and you're like, Oh, that was, that was awesome. You know, 
Well, the thing about, and you'll learn this now when you're working over this side of the world, there's no, there's not as much pressure of bikini shots because it's a rare day to get those days here. So over there, I suppose everyone from this side of the world associates Australia with scorching weather, hence why you guys have to run in, down the beach in, Absolutely. in all weather. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, God, I don't know whether my legs have seen sunshine for months. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't know. I, even if you wanted a bikini scene from me right now, I don't think it'd be pretty. <laughs> How many people have said to you since you moved over, why did you move here to the cold? <laughs> so many people have said that to us. Weirdly, when we were moving and we were sort of selling our furniture and stuff, we had three different people come and say that they were living in the same suburb that we're living in now. And we were saying, oh, we're thinking of moving there. And they'd all be like, why? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like we were saying before, you don't have in Australia, you don't have the ability to fly to Marrakesh or Poland or, you know, anywhere in between on a weekend just because, you know, we're planning our birthdays, in July and August and our thing was you can choose what country you go to for your birthday, you know, and that's just unheard of for us. So it's such a privileged position to be in. Um, And, you know, the cold isn't too bad, but, like, guys, why are the buses so hot? Like, why do we get into a bus or a train and it's so hot I have to strip all my layers off and then it's so cold when you get outside I have to put them all back on again? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. oh my God. The tube in London, when I'm there, I'm like, why am I like freezing outside, walk inside? I think I'm going to die. I'm sweating. Yeah. And how do people keep, I feel like I'm the only one that's stripping off. Like how do people keep all their clothes on? I don't, it's, it's amazing that the, the, I don't, English people are crazy. yeah we'll all agree we're like yeah you're crazy (laughs) but like i know that obviously there's the uh the greatness of of the travel side of things but why did you guys decide to leave australia in terms of like setting up for work because i suppose in one way you guys are so known in australia was that like a good or bad thing that maybe you were like let's try somewhere else um i mean i think there were a couple of reasons you sort of Australia has a very small creative pool Mm -hmm. and um, there's a lot more opportunity overseas. A lot of times it's sort of common for actors to move away from Australia for a while and that sort of thing. And we were tossing up between whether we wanted to go the US or the UK route and we sort of decided that having the ability to travel if we weren't working – would be so incredible. And also I I have a British passport, so it's easier for me to get over here. Whereas going to the U S without a a green card and stuff is really, is a really lengthy process and it's really expensive and it's not guaranteed that you get that. So we can be here a lot easier. Mm. Um, And it just feels like there's a lot more life opportunity, you know, And as a part of, I mean, certainly as actors, we don't necessarily have very stable careers. Um, And so you want to be able to have other things that are fulfilling you. And we both said as a part of our sort of life goals that we wanted to live overseas. So it just made sense that this was all happening 
at the same time and before we have dependents or look into having, you know, starting a family or whatever, that this was the place that we wanted to go. Yeah, because I do, you do notice that a lot of people from Oz go to America, but I suppose going to America, LA, New York, whatever, it's Mm. a very large pool and, you know, it's just one person, two people in a small, like fighting for a role that 200 people could be fighting for. And then I suppose in England and with your, the fact that you could work in France or Budapest or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then fly back at weekends and and you're known, people know your work because obviously Home and Away is shown in Mm -hmm. the UK. So, so there is that you've kind of like a smaller pool, but like probably more opportunities in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, more opportunities in not just work, but mm. l- like education wise and, um, just meeting new people wise. It's like, I think being, we, we got so lucky to work with such a broad spectrum of creatives on home and away and some of the best in Australia and you know just unreal um and we'd love to be able to or we'd love I'd love all all of the above to be able to continue that sort of length of education and meeting people and creatives and everything in between over here yeah but isn't that lovely because there's so many different types of shows I suppose that are being filmed in the UK in terms of crime shows and soaps and all that kind of stuff and like now you've I, I come into a new country you've got so much excitement I love that buzz of when you first move somewhere and you're like you make a new friend you're like guess what <laughs> totally oh making a new friend not getting lost on the bus not running out of phone credit everything in between or phone battery um it's like the small wins you know oh I found a coffee shop that I like or oh this is good takeaway or we like this park or mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. It is. It's really, really fun. And, and we haven't, I haven't done that in so long. I moved to Sydney seven, seven and a half years ago, maybe. Um, so things haven't been new for a while. So it, it's good. It's stressful. <laughs> like I thought Sydney was big. I feel like an ant in London, but that's probably a good thing. Being uncomfortable is where you do your most growth, apparently. We'll wait and see. <laughs> I feel like Sydney is like this. It's even though there's loads of people, it doesn't seem like there's as many people as London. London just seems like not even buildings; it's just people. Whereas it's Sydney, yeah, you've people. got buildings, but then you've got the Hyde Park, and then you've got mm. whatever very close to you. London just seems like constant people. <laughs> it is constant people. There's, it's just, it's amazing, but yeah, uncomfortable is good. Change is good. And did you have, like, do you guys have an idea? Like, we didn't, you didn't want to start working straight away. Obviously, you went traveling and stuff. Yes. Like, are you giving yourselves some time to, like, not be stressed out about jobs and stuff like that? Yes. Uh, that was a big thing for me in particular. I, I really needed some time to just breathe, wake up when I need to, sleep enough, you know, stay healthy all that sort of jazz uh, because you don't re- you kind of have to put all of that on hold when you're on a running soap because schedules constantly change. You don't have a lot of holidays. You can't just ring up one day and say you're sick. Like there's no one to replace you. So all of that sort of thing gets put on the wayside while you're working. And I needed to have some time to catch up and get back into my body and work out who I was without Ziggy. Cause for six years I was Ziggy, for more time than I was Sophie. So you sort of forget, or I certainly forgot what it meant to be just Sophie. 
so I've been doing that and that's been really interesting and fun and and I suppose now I'll think about doing some work. No, no. <laughs> or I mean, I mean, when I, and when I say that, I think it's like 1% of actors are employed. So it's not guaranteed that that's going to happen anyway, but you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today, so that's a good yeah, start. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, when you say it about just rediscovering yourself, that I suppose that is something that you don't consider. You, you did play for so long. And then when, when Ziggy got with Dean, so therefore that's mirroring, mirroring your life with, with Paddy, you have to kind of go, who are we away from the cameras? Like someone's like, when you're going to kiss each other, is someone telling us where to put our heads? A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. It's yeah. It was really important also for our relationship to have, separation because we we do we work really really well together and because we sort of were work colleagues before we were in a relationship we learned really well that we could work together and we can work together really well and and we know how each other ticks but when you have to balance that and, and honestly we did that really well being able to like because Ziggy and Dean are very different to Sophie and Patty but because you're constantly around each other it it can be hard to find your relationship again, like mm. find that spark and stuff when when you're not talking about when you don't have the work to talk about or when you don't have schedules to go over or lines to run and all that sort of stuff. Sitting in silence is something that we have never done in our relationship. <laughs> so we have now and it's it's great. It's really, really great, but it's definitely an adjustment period, you know, every second of every day your life is accounted for for however long now it's all of a, it's all of a sudden like no one needs me no <laughs> one's ringing me to find out why I'm late no you know all that sort of stuff so it, it is it's a big change it's a big adjustment and it's like a de- or I feel like a decompression as well because you're constantly around when you're at work you're constantly on because there's constantly people around and you're moving and problem solving and all that sort of stuff and it's, it's definitely a big shift when all of a sudden it's just you and your thoughts, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, and my schedule is gone. Exactly. What, what do you mean no one's emailing my schedule. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have a what? Where, what time are you? Yeah. <laughs> I bet for ages, though, you were still waking up at ridiculous o'clock. Oh, yeah. We still do. The alarm's yeah. gone off. I'm about to get up and go, oh, wait, no, I don't have to. Yeah, the constant panic of whether I've missed my alarm still happens every day. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, for now, before I get into that trauma of going back to work, after I came back from traveling, I literally was like, you know, the, I had two weeks before I went back to work. And I remember just being like, oh, I'm, so, I'm kind of bored. Maybe I'll be happy going back to work. The week I went back, I was like, what you mean? My oh, yeah. It's going off. Why? No. Yeah, no, no, certainly not. <laughs> Um, you also mentioned your health there. I saw on your Instagram you're um, an ambassador for endometriosis, and I think that's amazing because up until maybe three or four years ago, no one even talked about it. And I was like, "Air affects you, and it's personal as well." Do you know what I mean? Like, you mm. could be like, "I'm not going to talk about this." Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I always wanted to have something like to give back with. It's. I, I've been so blessed with this platform and this show and having the support of Channel 7 and Channel 5. And, you know, I, I felt like, well it, well, it actually came about because I had a really bad run with my endo 
for a while and that I was so I was in so much pain and I, I felt so alone and so sad and scared and unsure that I reached out to Endometriosis Australia initially for support for myself mm. um, because I needed some guidance and some help to work out how I was going to manage this and manage full-time work with that kind of pain and mm. those symptoms. And then eventually I said to them, look, is there anything that I can do to help? I have a platform and I would love to because I wish I had someone like myself who was going through it in the public eye because I would feel so much less alone. Um, so that's sort of how it happened. And I'm, I'm really glad I, I, I constantly get messages about people who are scared or unsure or who have questions and it breaks my heart that there are other people going through it because it is, it is awful, but it's nice to know that there is a community out there that will support you and will answer questions and you're not alone and you're not crazy and you're not making up your symptoms. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we will get funding and get recognition, which is just so important. It's something like one in nine women are diagnosed with endometriosis, which is ridiculous ridiculous mm. that we don't we don't even have an official way to we, we can't diagnose it without surgery yeah. there is no cure there is no real treatment of the actual endometriosis there's only symptom treatment um and that's absurd in this day and age like we can grow organs like yeah. like so we we just need to we need to get our shit together, guys. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like they're bringing in a model of care here for in Ireland. They just announced it a couple of months ago, and for me that was like big news because I friends of mine who have it for so long, like nobody, everyone thought that they were mad or like they're making up. Yeah, because it took so long to get a diagnosis, as you said, like you know, it's people are just like, is it just a heavy period or are you just you know this kind of stuff, and. There's a difference between like what I would get on a monthly basis and what they're they can't get out of bed or hardly you know and I can say okay I can't get out of bed but really that just means that I'm just like crying and I'm emotional and I've got pain yeah but like a, a feminex or pill could probably solve that you know it's mm. not it's not the same thing and it's just for so long nobody it's like it wasn't real or nobody believed it was real. Well, I suppose it's because since the beginning of time, women have been told that periods are painful and that's normal and there was no investigation about it because most medical trials and tests are based on the male physical form anyway. So there's no way that they're going to test for endometriosis or endometriosis yeah. symptoms on a male body. Well, I mean, it's it's possible. Actually, men can get endometriosis, but um, it's so rare and it doesn't. you don't have a reproductive system like a, a women's um, uterus for it to actually cause a lot of effect. Working with them and getting help from them, you must have learned so much though, which is, it's great to hear for anyone who does watch your videos that it's not just like, they're like, hey, Sophie, read this thing. It's like, I actually went totally. to them first. Absolutely. And and they've got so much um, education on their website and um, links to databases and links to specialists and stuff. And every year they do sort of a, like a educational seminars and, and it's it's really, really good for People, even for people who just who who think there might be something wrong, or partners, you know, Patty's been so incredibly supportive and has done all his own research, and all of my girlfriends who are sufferers from that sort of thing, all their partners are really involved, and they've been able to reach out for that sort of stuff, and it's just 
it's really really great yeah and you need more partners and more companies to recognize absolutely yeah absolutely you don't want an eye roll you're ringing up work and you're like listen you know it's I'm, I'm in agony and they're like well here we go that's not like that's not right it should be a case that every company who has female employees is aware that it is a real condition that you need to take into fact absolutely you must have been delighted the home and away were good with that Oh, they were wonderful, actually. You know, Home and Away is run by women. Like, the the big producers are women. And um, they were fantastic. I, I constantly had support. If I needed to get off for emergency surgery, which I did a couple of times, they were fantastic. The wardrobe girls were great with water, hot water bottles and, like, changing my costume if I needed to. Everyone, everyone knew that I was in pain. They like all the counter guys, everyone. And, and it wasn't, you know, it was one conversation of, yeah, I have endometriosis. This is what it means. And everyone was just like, righto, crack on. Let's get, let's get it done, which is exactly what has to happen. And they were wonderful about it. And I, I yeah, I really, I was so lucky. Well, I mean, we should all have very supportive workplaces, but I was particularly lucky to have such a supportive workplace, especially in such a strange job where you can't have the day off or, you know, or like, you know, you can't have the day off a lot or anything like that because there's no one there to replace you. So it was great. Yeah. I actually noticed how many women were working there. I, I went up to meet uh, a mutual friend of ours, Damien Macy, when I was in Sydney. Oh, <laughs> I know. I love him. Uh, so I went up to meet He's him. the heart and soul of Home and Away. He is. He, I just call him like, I always slag him because I say he looks like John Palmer. He looks like Shane. And then the two of them he walked does. towards me at the same time. And I was like, this is so funny. But I didn't notice how many women were working on. There was a female director there that day. Um, who was in charge and then there was like a lot of female cast on site the day I was there and there was a lot of you know the cameras and you know the mm-hmm. background and assistants female I was like oh this is interesting it is it's really really great it's really great yeah I loved it from the moment that I started that there were so many women around we bloody need more of it <laughs> <laughs> so what are you hoping to do now in the UK do you have like ideal roles or goals that you're like okay I've played this girl for six years I mm. want to play a goth or <laughs> a murderer <laughs> <laughs> I would really I mean I love comedy I would really love to do some comedic stuff over here um, I really love romantic comedies I would love to do some rom-com stuff over here um, but I ultimately would love to have a crack at anything. I would love to look back on my career and say that she had, well, I had a huge range of roles playing different characters that changed the way that people saw me and how I presented them. And that would be my goal. That's, that's my ultimate goal. So I hope to, work in a plethora of things. I would love to do television, film, theatre and everything in between. Um, So I'm just working towards creating a team here and back in Australia that will be able to facilitate as much of that as possible and we'll just see how it goes. And you're in the right spot for theatre, London and the West. There's so much going on there, like... Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really hoping to sink my teeth into some of that. Yeah. And um, would you go back to Australia? If they said, listen, there's a 
I don't know, a three month part. And if it was something that you thought you'd be interested in, would you go back and do the couple of months back at home too? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, yeah, I'd love that. Um, and the best part about sort of world post COVID is that there's so much self taping now yeah. that you don't have to be in the room for casting. So you can be anywhere in the world to do that, which is great. So, um, I definitely go back and and do it for the right role. I probably wouldn't go back for sort of a one or two day thing. Yeah. But, you know, if it was something meaty and something good, absolutely. And what about over to Ireland in case some Irish directors are listening, you know? <laughs> absolutely. I would come to Ireland. I would love to work in Irish television and film. Anyone listening, Sophie Dillman is available. <laughs> I'll send it out to everybody at RT, our BBC. Thank you. So, guys. <laughs> very appreciate, very much appreciated. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, if you were able to travel Ireland and understand the accents, then you're already off to a good start. <laughs> Thank you. Look, I will say in Belfast, we had some trouble, but otherwise it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Belfast accent when they talk fast. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Honestly, we met this woman. It was so wonderful. We met this woman in a shopping, like in a shopping district. And she came up to us and was like, oh, my gosh, my life is flashing before me. I use my kids, my little weeds, the road and such. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what you were saying. <laughs> you could have been telling your kids were kidnapped and you're like, yeah. yeah I'm Exactly. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> And now you're going to be, you've got, you and Patty are coming over to do some PAs and some talks over here. And you're going to, I know you're going to Limerick um, and Galway. Mm-hmm. So you've been to Galway before, so you you haven't been to Limerick yet. Yes. No, we haven't been to Limerick. So we've got Cork, Limerick and Galway. And, then, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I'm really excited to get back over there. Island was lovely. Patrick loved Galway so much. And we went to the iconic O'Connor's pub and he just, he had the best time ever. Oh, I love O'Connor's. And it's like... It's such a little old, everything is so old and it's small and you're just like, yay. <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful. It's so, so cool. Yeah. And, and everyone in Ireland is so lovely. The, cons- the, the, the theme of our road trip was us sitting there going, how are everyone here so nice and the weather is so miserable? <laughs> <laughs> That's because we have nothing else to do but sit in and talk because it's always raining. <laughs> right, we better be nice to each other. <laughs> we can't get away from each other, so we no. might as well be nice. And then somebody That's comes great. in from a foreign land and we're like, oh my God, tell us all this story. <laughs> Quick, I'm sick of talking to her. <laughs> well, good luck to you trying to understand the Cork accent. That's what I can say to you. If Belfast oh, really? Cork, yeah. Google okay, it. You know. You'll be like, okay, you might need to try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm on it. Okay. Good, good preparation notes. I like that. Well, hopefully I'll see you guys when you're over. Um, be good to catch up and see you in person. Um, and, I thought I'd love that. Yeah. I'll check your dates. I know you're here in June and July. I know you're in Dublin yeah. and then June and July for the other dates. So yes. hop along to one of them and come say hi. Oh my God, please. I'd love that. COVID made opening up your rooms and your houses a little bit easier and yeah you can talk to people without them having to be you know in the room and that kind of stuff which I love and obviously I prefer to be people one-on-one but um yeah it's great like it's this way it's been I think it's a lot better for me because that's not like I have to fit an interview into you know 12 minutes for an ad break you know that kind of crack 
Yeah, absolutely. I, and, and it means that you actually get to the meat of some conversation, which yeah. is so nice. And it makes the person being interviewed a lot more comfortable. It makes you feel more comfortable. You know, it's just, it's better. I see that your podcast is incredibly successful. Congratulations. Thank you, darling. I was so shocked when you messaged me. I was like, it was really early on. I was like, oh my God, you're <laughs> back from your agent. So I was like, yeah, that was my fault. I'm so sorry. I said to her that I would message you privately, but I hadn't had the chance to message you. And um, um, I hadn't had the chance to message you yet. So, um, but but I, I was, I thought about it the whole time. I was like, I definitely want to do that. No, that was such a nice surprise because so many times I've talked to people and it's all through their agents and the agents can be quite stickly or, you know, quite. Oh, like- yes, they are. Yeah. and ridiculous about some things like you know I remember interviewing a girl from Love Island they were like please don't ask her about Love Island I was like she's only why would I (laughs) why would I ask her about anything else (laughs) it's like obviously I'm not going to only talk about that but I'm like it's a bit weird to interview somebody who's like on a show that you can't talk about that show I was like this is weird so when I get lovely experiences like this it means so much more to me so your message it was like so nice. I knew your oh, so glad. And the fact that you found me and reached out was so lovely. Oh, that's so nice. Well, I really hope we get to see you in yeah. um in Ireland. Yes. Um reach out if you choose a thing or whatever so we can make sure maybe you have a drink or something. Yes, I will I will bring you somewhere and we'll get a good pint somewhere and I'm sure you've been to the touristy spots. I'll bring it to the non I'll bring it to the little I love that. Spots. <laughs> love that all right my lovely you go and enjoy the rest of your day sounds so good thank you so much for your time okay. thank you see ya bye bye see you later i hope you all enjoyed that chat there with sophie we had so much crack as you can hear we were laughing the whole way through it and a little cameo there from patty in the background helping us out with the character names that we forgot um, it was so lo- lovely to chat to her. She's just such a lovely person. And I'm really excited to see what her next role is going to be after playing Ziggy. And she's so excited about doing all kinds of different stuff. And Orchie, if you are listening or Virgin Media and you need an actress, Sophie's free. She'd love to come and work in Dublin. She'd love to work in Ireland. Come on. So BBC Northern Ireland, whatever it is, give her a role. The girl is ready for an Irish role. Come on, we'd love to have her over even if it's only for like small part, come on. I just want to see, I want to see this happen. Okay. And I want it to be because of this podcast. Wouldn't that be class? As we mentioned, she is coming to Ireland uh, herself and Patty. So I'm just going to read out those dates for you and where they're going to be. So we missed out on the one that was last weekend that was in Dublin, but there is a VIP event in Cork. So that's the River Lee Hotel and that's on the 10th of June. Then the following day, there's a meet and greet in Galway and that's in the Clayton. Um, there's one in Limerick on the same day. So uh, the 11th of June, there's one in Galway during the day between half one and half three. And then that night between seven and nine, there is a meet and greet in the Absolute Hotel in Limerick. On the 15th of July, now we're skipping forward a month, in the Talbot Hotel in Wexford, there's a meet and greet there. The following day, the 16th of July, in the Terror Hotel, Waterford, there's another one there. And then that night, they're going back to Limerick. They love a bit of Limerick. And they go back to Limerick to the Absolute Hotel. And that is the 16th of July as well. So if you are looking to find out where to get tickets, the Home and Away Ireland fans Facebook page has a link or you can go to tickettaylor.com and the tickets are all there. So um, I'm seeing a couple of them are sold out. <clears throat> the one in Cork and Galway 
the first, sorry, the first three, Cork, Galway and Limerick are sold out. Now, if you go on the Facebook page, you might be able to see if someone will swap with you or be able to buy some. There might be some last minute tickets so worth following them there. And then, of course, as I said, Wexford, Waterford and Limerick, the last date still available. So go on and have a look. But I would definitely keep an eye on the Home Away Fans Ireland page and you will get to see the different chats you get to see what tickets are available I know on the Dublin one they had a little um, final burst of tickets available on the day so that might be you might be lucky I'm going to meet up with Sophie at one of these events I've said to her I'm going to come and meet her and Paddy Um, if you're interested in the episode that I was talking about with Sophie about my chat with Paddy on my radio show I will put it up on my Instagram I'll put a link if you search Q102 Weekend Buzz Patrick O'Connor you'll find the episode there or Q102 Weekend Buzz it's on Spotify uh, on uh, Apple, all the usual spots. And before I let you go, it's the second last episode of the season. I have some goals in mind. I would love to end the season on a really big high. Um, so I would love to get some ratings, reviews, some new follows. And of course, if you can share this with other Home and Away fans, that would be just the best. If you're a massive Home and Away fan and this is the first time you've listened, go back because I have a chat with Shane Withington, who, of course, plays John Pama. And I said this every time I can't say his name without doing the my version of an Aussie accent. And if you scroll back even further, I have a chat with Sam Atwell, who played Kane in Home and Away, who now lives in Ireland. Very bizarre. You'll want to hear it all. So please do scroll back and have a listen to them. But anyway, I just thanking you for being here. I'm very, very grateful. I'm very grateful to anyone who listens. So thank you so much. And thanks again to Sophie. And I'm going to go now because I've been blabbering on for ages. Slongafall. I love you all. Good luck to you now.